This is what God has done for me. I am saved. Not by my works, but by mercy and grace. I didn't get what I deserved, which was hell. God showed his mercy. God did not impute my sins to me. He took my sins and imputed them to Christ. And so all I had to do is just believe that what he did was for me, and he gives me as a free gift everlasting life. That is plumb good. Now look in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter in chapter 1. I cover this verse quite often. You'll hear me sometimes, even on the radio, I'll, I'll go to this verse. I, I do it all the time. Because this is a, a tremendous verse. And generally I will make a long line of statement. When Christ saves you, he saves you from something to an inheritance that's incorruptible, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Those are great verses. But there's something else here. You see, in verse 3, he talks about this living hope. A living hope. What has God done for me lately? God has given to you and I a living hope. A joyful anticipation that what He promised He will perform. I can go ahead and claim it right now. I am saved. I have eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I die because God said so. It's based upon what the Word of God says. And... Faith is simply believing that what God promised, He will perform. And I believe that. And so He's promising, and I've got a place reserved for me in heaven. So if what has He done for me lately? Well, that sounds pretty good. That's, that's, that's a pretty good bet. This life is temporary. We're only going to be here for a short period of time, and then we're checking out of here. I was thinking about that. You know, the Lord could come back today. You know, the Bible says uh, we're supposed to love His appearing, looking for Him. And he says in the book of Matthew, and I believe he's talking to the Jewish people about during the middle of the tribulation period, but he says, in all things, watch. And I say unto all, watch. But I do believe that God's children ought to be watching, looking, expecting. Did you know that if you're looking for the Lord to come back at any time, it can change the way you live your life? It'll affect your thoughts, your actions, your words. Because you don't want to say or do something that you wouldn't want to be doing when the Lord comes back again. Because the scripture makes this statement, My little children abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Not to be ashamed before the Lord. So this is a good verse. He has begotten us. There in verse 3. See there? Hath begotten us again. Born again. We died because we were crucified with Christ, and we live. We have eternal life. So the new birth gave you life, eternal life. So what has God done for you lately? He gave you eternal life. And the Bible also makes this statement that we lay hold upon this eternal life in Timothy. Lay hold upon eternal life. In other words, you have now life. Live like you have life. But what kind of life? If he gave you a plant life, you should live like a plant. If he gave you an animal life, you should live like an animal. Well, a lot of people do. If he gave you human life, you'd live like a human. But if he gave you spiritual life, you should live a spiritual life. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Don't you just love it when a plan comes together? God knows what he's doing. So yes, God has uh, done some wonderful things for us. He granted us life. And then, wouldn't it be a shame to give you this eternal life and then... 
I want to reward you, and I'm going to let you have trials and tribulations, and then I'm going to take you home, and I'm going to give you all these rewards for what you did for me. And then the Lord took you home right after you got saved. I didn't get a chance. That wasn't fair. So don't you thank the Lord and praise the Lord for giving you some time to live here and to suffer for Him? Aren't you excited about that? Well, that's tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about how to praise the Lord. You'll like it. It'll be good. It'll be good for you. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. It starts off in this chapter that you and I were dead in trespasses and sins. We overstepped the boundary and according to the law, uh, thou shalt die. So we've sinned. Death is sure. Certain. And now, the Bible says, you've been made alive. Look down in verse 5. But even when we were dead in sins, dead in sins, it means you and I, we've sinned against the Lord, we've trespassed, we've overstepped the boundary, and there's a debt to be paid. So we're dead in sin because God's Word is so true, God looks upon it as we are separated from God. And if you're separated from God because of sin, a payment has to be made. And that payment was death in hell. But look what he says here. Hath quickened. Hath quickened. That means to be made alive. Made alive. Look up there in verse 1. And you hath he quickened. You were dead, but he hath quickened. He mean, he made you alive. Don't you think that a child of God who has been given the free gift of everlasting life ought to live like he's alive. I believe it affects the way you think. It affects every area of your life. I'm alive. I can't, I, I'll be honest with you, this is not a joke. I can't hardly wait for the next day. And when I go to bed at night, I can't hardly wait for the morning to come because another day, another day. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Because see, nobody's ever had it before. I'm getting there on the same time they do. A new day. See, this moment right here, this moment right now, is as fresh as any moment ever been. And you're not ahead of me. As long as I'm alive. But I want to live like I'm alive. And I want to take advantage of all of my opportunities that God gives to me. And every day, always figure out what is my purpose in life, my goal in life, and then I make decisions as it brings me to my goal. But if you don't have a purpose, you don't have a goal, then it's just another day. And you can throw it away, waste it. Well, you don't need it. Because you're not going anywhere. You're not going to do anything anyway. You don't have any plans anyhow. So you don't need the time. But man, when you want to do something, you need all the time you got. You want to, man, cram it full. One day it'll all be over. We'll be with the Lord. But until then, you're alive. Live like you're alive. Uh, uh, hold your place right here. I want you to see this. Look over there in chapter 5. When he makes a statement in verse 14, he says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead. No, he's not talking to lost people here. He's talking to the believers. Believers that are asleep. Believers that are living like they're dead. They have no vision. They have no dream. They don't want to accomplish something. They don't, they don't have the faith to believe that God got something for them special. I've always believed that. 
God put me here special. I'm God's little pet child. Now, you might, every, it's okay for everybody to feel like you are, as long as you can let everybody else think that they are. So that's what I do. I know that I am, and I let everybody else think they are. God's little pet child. Don't you feel special in some way? Don't you think God put me here? Of all the times that a person could have lived, this is the time God thinks this is the best time for me to live. I think it's great to think. He could have let me be born a hundred years ago, but if he let me be born a hundred years ago, I would be a hundred years old now. I'm glad I'm only 72. Okay, maybe three. I'm going to get confused. Next time they say, how, many, how long have you lived? I don't remember. I keep forgetting to take that little memory pill. You know, you take these memory pills. For but look what he says here. Oh, this is great. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See, you have life, but you need light to walk by. Light to see. That's why he talks about in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1 also, he talks about enlighten their mind. Just, just look at it. Look here in Ephesians. See what he says there in verse 18? The eyes of your understanding been enlightened. So you see things differently. Not the way the world sees things. You're a child of God. Sometimes whenever I'm in a humorous mood and somebody's smiling and laughing, cutting up, I walk up and say, hey, hey, hey. Wipe that smile off your face. You know you're a Christian. Because <laughs> you know most Christians are always, always down in the mouth. But that the eyes of your understanding been enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and blah, 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 blah. So much more. So it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to have life that you're living for the Lord. And so I think that's very important. Turn in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy in chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 shows you something else that the, the Lord has done. You see, wouldn't it be a shame to be put in the world and you're saved, you're going to heaven when you die, but you're not dead yet, and then God left you here with nothing to do. Oh boy, this would be boring. God didn't give me anything to do. Well, what, what should I do when I don't have anything to do? You know, being bored is a terrible thing to be in. I can't remember the last time I've really been bored. I mean, it comes and goes quickly because I, got, I work on this, and then if I get tired of that, bored, I'll work on this, and then I'll work on this. So I can go boom, 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 all kind of thing. But look what God has done for us. Look there in verse 9. Verse 9 says, Who hath hath past tense, hath saved us. So that's done. And called us with a holy calling. So this holy calling is a high calling of a purpose to run a race that God has set for us. According, not according to our works, but according to our own purpose, or His own purpose and grace which He hath given. Excuse me, I'll read right here in a minute which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Do you believe that God has a purpose? Purpose. Purpose in your life. Do you believe that God wants you and God calls each one of us to fulfill the purpose that God has in our life? This is why so many people feel so empty in their life because they don't know what they're living for. They don't know what they should do or what they should be. But when you start serving God, 
Did you know that when you serve the Lord and do what God wants, that's when you really become an individual. When you don't, you're just like the mass of humanity. There's no difference. God is what made you different, and He keeps you different. I'm so glad that I'm Yankee. I, w- I wouldn't want to be nobody else. You ought not want to be anybody else. Be you. But the best you you can be. Be content with what God has made. Be content in, in your own skin. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be you. I used to listen to Dr. Stanford and said, boy, I want to be just like that. There's one thing to be somebody. Another one to be like somebody. Because you can take good qualities of different people and you want to incorporate them into your own life. So there's nothing wrong with that. But remember, God has a purpose for your life. And God wants you to serve Him. And that's why it's so important. Uh, look real quick before we get to another scripture. I, I get sidetracked so easy. But look there in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And just look there at this verse. In verse 1. Because it gives you purpose. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation. Wherewith ye are called. Ye are called. God has a calling upon your life. He's called you to do something. To be something. He wants us to be imitators of our Father. And then he talks about the body of Christ. He talks about, there's one down in verse 4, he talks about one spirit, one body, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one God, one Father. It's all about unity. And as I mentioned the last week, even though all of us are different, we each one are to be working together as one person. God wants everybody to work together as one person. And that one person is supposed to grow into the statue of Christ. And everybody's supposed to be so knitly joined together. Now remember this. If you get mad at me and you leave the church. Remember, you left the church. You didn't leave the preacher. You left the body. The body needs you. You need the body. And sometimes people don't think they need the body. You can't do much without the body. We need each other. And so that's why every person is to see themselves as important in God's eyes. What has God done for you lately? Well, like I said, well, what have we done for God lately? So that's why we try to do all the things that we do because He first loved us. Look what He did for us. Did He give us all the Holy Spirit? I just got mine yesterday. When did you get yours? Now you get the Holy Spirit. When did you get the Holy Spirit? The day you trusted Christ as your Savior, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Your body becomes the temple of God. And God wants to use that body because it belongs to Him. And that's why you're supposed to consider yourself, I'm dead, He's alive, He has my body, use it however you want, Lord. Wouldn't it be great if we could just get out of the way? We're always in the way. We block so many things. But anyway... Next one I want you to look at, Colossians chapter 1, look in verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, and verse 13. This is what He hath done for us. You may not know it, but I, years ago when they had this thing come on there about Star Trek, and uh, 
And I have to admit, now, I was kind of curious about how they did some of the things. And I'd be watching the guy, and all of a sudden they would do something, on, and then he'd disappear. They transported him. They said, beam me up, Scotty. And I was wondering, how do they do that? I still don't know how they do that, but they did that. And they made it, you know, they can make you up disappear. And all of a sudden there's nothing there, and all of a sudden, pshht, and then a person appears there. And how did they do that? Now, you won't believe this, but when TV first came out, I can remember that. That was a couple years ago. And we couldn't afford a TV, but our neighbors had one. So every Saturday morning, we'd run down to our neighbor's house. And they'd have Hopalong Cassidy and uh, the Lone Ranger and some of those. And so we'd go into the house. And we were kids, little kids. And we didn't have a TV. We didn't have a radio either. <laughs> anyway, we'd go in the house. Mom and Dad's still in the bed. The TV's right there, and we'd turn it down real low. But they had a couple of kids, and so the kids, were, they weren't part of this, you know. And we said to them, and I remember getting up, because I was watching Hopalong Cassidy on his horse. And I always liked it when Hopalong Cassidy would just look at you straight, and then cut his eyes over there, cut his eyes over there. He wouldn't move his head, he just cut his eyes. I'd be sitting there going, don't tell me you weren't influenced by TV. And I got up, and I went back there, and I saw this little cord coming out of it down into the thing. How did the horse get through that? How did the horse get through that wire? How did they get in there? Then we'd go outside, and we'd play cowboys and Indians. And I was doing pretty good, I thought. And Alec Brown, that was his name, Alec Brown, I've tried to forget him, but I can't. He snuck up behind me and he took his rifle he had. You know, those little BB Red Riders. He took that thing and he came down and caught me on the head with that thing. We saw that in the cowboy movies. He knocked me upside of the head. I still got a scar right dead on the top of my head. It's about this big. He was, he was living out what he saw. Now, you and I, as babes in Christ, we're supposed to read the Word of God, study the Word of God, and live it out. Like we really see this. We really believe it. I can see this. Now, I don't see how in the world the, that horse got through that little wire. I, I don't see how God answers all these prayers. And I don't know how God's going to use But I just have a reckless abandonment of faith. I want to give it a whirl. I want to find out what makes things work, what makes it tick. And so I have enjoyed my life all these years. But look what he says here. In verse 13, who hath delivered us, hath, that's past tense, hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath, past tense, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, this has already taken place. I was a lost man on my way to hell. And then I trusted Christ as my Savior. And He has translated me into the kingdom of His dear Son. I'm now His child. It's like being placed into another dimension. I've had people say to me, you're out of this world. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. But we're supposed to be different. I think we should be different, but in a good way. I'm not talking about being a nerd. And no, I don't go to bed with my socks on. I have, but not anymore. 
stopped last week. But isn't it good to know that there's, I, I got twice as many places to go, but we're running out of time. I just want you to appreciate what the Lord hath done for you. So that you don't sit around and well, he never does anything for me. Well, forget about what he does for you then. Just figure out, okay, now what are you going to do for him? But you know, I believe a lot of what we do for the Lord is because of what we believe he's done for us. And you think, he really loved me. And his purpose for my life is better than my purpose for my life. And I want to serve the Lord. And God will bless you for doing so. I do want to explain this to you. Nobody's perfect. There's only one that's perfect, and that's God. Let me show you this. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents everything we've done that's wrong. We've all sinned. So God says because of sin, and that's the evidence, we got an old sinful nature. Why do I do all these bad things? Because you got a sinful nature. It's your nature. Why does a dog bark? It's the nature of the dog to bark. But wouldn't it be a shame to tell the dog, Dog, you stop acting like a dog, and I'll make you a chicken. When can the dog stop acting like a dog? That's why there's preachers that tell people, Stop your sinning. Turn from all of your sin. Don't sin anymore. You're right. Nobody can do that. It's impossible. You can't turn from your sins. Why? It's on the inside. That's the nature that you have. That's why you do all those bad things. You can pick the apples off the tree, but that doesn't change it from being an apple tree. But God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves me. He hates what we do wrong. And for us to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God and hell. And Jesus said, He's looking for the fruits of righteousness, and there aren't any. He's looking for perfection. There aren't any. So he says he's going to lay the axe to the root of the tree. It means he cuts down every tree that's not perfect. That's why the wages of sin is death. That's why we're all going to die. And because of that, we're all condemned to hell. So there is no hope for man by man. You can't stop it. You can't change it. You can't help it. You're in a heap of trouble. And this is what God did for us. See, God says he wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. We've all done things wrong. Nobody's good enough. So God says you cannot save yourself. People have heard about this all their life. Let this hand represent Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he didn't have to be cut down. So why did he die? Well, it's very simple. He took our sins and died in our place. Paid for all of our sins, came back from the dead. And God said that if we would believe, he did it for us. Aren't you glad he didn't tell you to do something hard and complicated? All he says, this is all you have to do to go to heaven, is will you believe that I pay for your sins? You see, if I believe he paid for my sins, I'm not trying to pay for my sins. See, I'm not going to church to try to pay for my sins. You know, if I do enough good, it'll pay for the bad.
I'm not giving money to pay for my sins. I'm not trying to pray to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to try to earn my way to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. Christ paid for my sins. And if I believe He did it for me, He puts the payment to my account, and I go to heaven on what Christ did. You got it? Let's pray, shall we? If you're here this morning, and perhaps you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to understand you don't have to live the life. You don't have to promise to live a Christian life. You don't have to promise God you're going to stop anything or join anything. Friend, that would just make you a religious hypocrite. Christ died for your sins. The only way you'll ever get to heaven is to believe He did it for you. You don't have to join this church. You don't have to give any money. I don't want anything from you. I want you to receive something. You see, the Lord offers you eternal life as a gift. And if you accept it, you would have it. Will you believe it? If you were here this morning and say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Friend, I'd love to know it. I'd love to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to slip your hand up. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense. And you said, that made sense to me, and I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone at all before we close? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down and say, that made sense to me. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Just slip it up very quickly. Say that me. I'm not going to have you forward. Not going to embarrass you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? See, if you trust Christ right now as your Savior, God said He would save you right now. Give you eternal life, and you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Because He loves you so much. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for the free gift of eternal life. You love us so much. And Lord, I thank you for each one of these that by an uplifted hand have indicated that they would trust Christ as their Savior. We know that when they do so, you promised in your word to give them eternal life and that they would become your child. That you'd never cast them out and never lose them. We thank you so much for all you've done for us and for giving it to us in such a way that we can have it and understand it. It's free. And that you'll never take and cast us out, never lose us. And Father, we can know that we're going to heaven. Thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.